0: I'm Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm Curtis Jones. I am Cody Gagbo.
1: Putting on the Liverpool toffee the first time, it was a dream come true and I'll never forget that moment. Pre-order the new LFC 24-25
0: season night home kit
1: now. You can pre-order it today for delivery from the 16th of May at your official LFC stores. Online at liverpoolfc.com forward slash store and on the official LFC store app. You will never walk alone. and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index.
2: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kaza Show. I hope you all had um, a wonderful time with your loved ones. Um Taking some time out. Uh, It looks like Liverpool enjoyed their Christmas break a little too much. Um, What an absolutely dreadful, dreadful performance and result. Guys, um, we are here. We're discussing Liverpool's 1-0 beating to Leicester City when it mattered. We couldn't do the job. I'm frustrated. I'm annoyed. And I have two incredible guests on me. Two incredible guests with me on the show. Um <clears throat> So without further ado, let me let me get them on. Uh, first up, I am honoured to have back Dave Horrocks. It's like, we might as well end to Emma. Um, uh, if Liverpool ended, started and ended shit, you and I might as well podcast together. <laughs>
0: yeah, good to speak to you again, Nina. And I need to vent a little bit, I think, and you know, I'm at the perfect place for that, after that performance.
2: Oh gosh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's plenty, plenty, plenty to rant about. And, you know what? When shit hits the fan, you only call a one person, and it is Mr. Justin Wells. Justin, welcome back.
3: Wait, why am I the person you call when shit hits the fan? You Wait, know,
2: what? I like I like your runs. I,
3: I should stop doing this after we go to the King Power because I've never done it for the past two seasons, and we've lost games that have bothered me in particular because. I don't even try to hide this. I hate Brendan Rodgers. I I really dislike the man. I find him very distasteful. And losing to him puts me in one of the worst situations, one of the worst moods you could possibly envision.
2: Absolutely. Um, I I echo everything what you're saying there. I just find him absolutely grotesque. But you know what? We'll we'll get to all that. We have a couple of callers. Um, I won't keep them waiting long because it is late. Um, Anyone that's joining us live, if you want to call in, let us know. First up, I have Kevin. Kevin, welcome to the show again. Thank you. Um, the floor is yours, Karen.
4: Um, I've, It was just uh, a disappointing night, really. Um, we, we were just, um, we just weren't at the risk tonight and we had loads, you know, we had, we had a number of chances in the first half and we were just very, very wasteful and uh, the second half, really, we we were pretty much non-existent. Second half, and Leicester were the better team, and they you know, and they and they wanted it more than us, and 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 they had us on the and we got sucker punched really with the goal, and after that we didn't even lay as much as a glove on them, and and that for me was very very disappointing.
2: Yeah, it really, really was. I mean, have you got any thoughts or any points you'd like the panel to talk about, or you just want to voice what you're feeling? Um,
4: I I just feel that after tonight's result, I feel that any chance we had of winning the title is pretty much going to be very, very, very difficult now to catch City, because if they won tomorrow night, they're going to be nine points ahead, and... You know, when you when you go nine points behind their team, like City, you've got virtually no chance of catching them because they're just, you know, they just just so really, really good, and yeah, it'd be very difficult.
2: Yeah, it it would be absolutely well, Kevin. Thank you so much for your call.
4: No problem. Thank you.
2: Thank you. I mean, guys. I mean, i might as well just quickly ask you that question now because I think that's what. We're oh, I'd love about, you know? to answer it. Yeah, I mean, it's this is Man City. They have so, so much quality. I mean, we do have a game in hand. It's hard. It's looking difficult. I mean, where where do you stand in all this, Justin?
3: I mean, are are, are they completely invincible and nobody can lay a glove on them and they can't be bloodied at all? Because I've seen in the past when you actually try to play against City and actually get in their face, which I think, I think that most teams don't do, dude. Do some sort of difference. Exactly what you i was actually, to get at. You actually can trouble them. Like you actually yeah. can trouble them. Look at look look at the ten minutes with which Lester stepped at them in that the last week. They surrendered yeah. three goals. They're not invincible. They bleed. They're human. Right. It's fifty-seven out of hundred and fourteen points with a six left to play with for both teams. And there's a six-point gap between the two right now, with with each team having to go through. The big six, right? Home, you know. Obviously, home and away flipped. Each team has to go through the big six. Each team has to go through the rest of their schedule. There are no guaranteed wins in this league. You could sit there and say, "Well, you know, City beat List Lesser team six three at the weekend. We lost to one 0 City drew 0-0 against Southampton. We beat Southampton four 0 Right? The margins for teams at this level are much narrower than what the table looks like at certain spots. The teams that are – like the 12th-place team in the league can still beat City. The 10th-place team in the league can still beat us. So the whole point here is you don't – you shouldn't just anoint City. Yeah, yeah. are they going to be hard to catch? Yes, because they are incredible. But it's not impossible. And, again, there's entirely half a season's worth of points to play for. So, you know, you do have to run against the fact that City are going to be trying to close, and they're good at doing that from the front – but I, I don't see any reason why anybody should give up on something when you're six points back and 57 points to play for. It doesn't make sense to me.
2: That's one way to rally up the troops, Justin. I like that because I was feeling a little defeated. I'm not going to lie. It's just for me, Dave, um, the concern is, is the fact that Justin makes a very, very compelling case. They are not that good. They do have vulnerabilities. It's just that no one gets stuck into them, and that's my issue.
0: And I don't get why. I mean, no one sort of epitomizes that more than Leicester. They put out Mm. a fucking shit team. So they're apparently crying off. They had a match canceled with COVID, and then they put out a full team in the League Cup, in the Carabao Cup. And then they put out a weakened team against Man City. There used to be a time when people used to get fined for that shit in the league. So I I don't get it. Teams just do seem to roll over for City. You know, whenever I think, oh, you know, such and such a team, they they could really give City a go. Flashes up on my phone, four minutes, City one up. It, they seem to have a knack of scoring in that first five minutes, and I don't, I don't get it. I, they are a they are a great team. I was going to say they're a good team. They're not. They're a great team, and that's born out of the fucking, uh, you know, all the money that they've got. So that allows you to buy those players, and and their squad is so much better than ours. Like once you get past our first eleven, you know it, the quality does drop off a bit when you have to rotate. But on the flip side, I still think we're outperforming where we should be. <laughs> if you look at the, what the likes of Chelsea and City can spend, you know we're, I still feel like we're doing quite well to be up there. I think it's going to be really tough to to catch City at the moment, but it's far from done and dusted.
2: It is far from dusted. I mean, Justin, I don't know if you've got the chat open there. Gags has tweeted some stats, and you're like the man to read them. So do you want to read them?
3: I need to find them first. Give me a moment.
2: Talk about putting the guest on the spot. <laughs>
3: From Twitter, Liverpool's XG tonight was the high. was their highest in a Premier League game without scoring since January 2018 versus Swansea. Sixty-seven touches in the opposition box is the most on Opta's record by any team in the Premier League without scoring. Oh my god! No,
2: you scratch your head. It just yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well,
3: most Salah's individual XG was one point seven three, and Leicester's entire team XG for the game was point six three. So like. You could say, and this kind of comes back to what a point I might have said in Discord, where I was being a little bit flippant, but actually, I really mean this. Right? Everybody sits there and talks about City like they're completely invincible, and like you know, we're you know we're not also very, 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 very good. We played terribly in this game, and still, from just sheer chance accumulation, paddled the team that we probably should have beat. If we finish well, you know, maybe they get their goal, but this is a 2-1 to us. And maybe the game state is different where they're trying to attack more and we pick them off more on the counter. It's just, you know, you're going to have games where you don't finish finish because finishing is fickle. And that's what this was.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I I have to agree with that. I think just wastefulness as well. And, you know, those chances and that penalty miss, very, very costly. And then just being very, very, you know, I'd say wasteful, Dave. You know, like, we had so much of the ball. I think the stats suggest that as well. We've had loads of shots. And, uh, but the I was really, really frustrated in the final third and some of the decision-making. I think those are the things that really, really kind of frustrated me. And in the end, you know, we just got outdone by a little bit of play.
0: I oh, yeah. No. Sure. Oh, sorry, Justin. I'm not sure we did get outdone. It's just one of those fucking days you could tell from about 10 minutes in that. this is just going to be attack versus defense and then as soon as Leicester get hold of the ball they're going to try and hit it as far as they can and get it in the channels for Vardy to run after Um, you know Salah puts that penalty away or Mane puts his chance away even Jotter in the first half had a really good chance we're having such a different conversation I think it's still a bit raw obviously we're recording right after the match but what is so fr- so frustrating is that last twenty minutes because we we literally looked back to that team where we just had no idea Leicester were no. Ooh, what was that?
2: I go. We were just so slow. You, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. there was no pressing. Oh God, you'd think we were five nil up.
0: Yeah, and there was a moment. I mean, it was about ten minutes from the end where we win the ball back. You know, in our penalty area. And everyone's just casually jogging out. I'm like, fucking, you should be bombing forward here. And, you know, given they gave Leicester loads of chance to get back into position, into the shape. And we just looked utterly clueless. And, yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, though, I, I don't think it was a wholly terrible performance. A wholly terrible performance would have been Leicester completely dominating the game, us hardly laying a glove on them. Yeah, um, I, I think it was just hugely, hugely wasteful. And it's, it, yeah. it's so annoying because we, I've not seen a performance like that in such a long time. Yeah. It, it's kind of interesting. because, like, you know, you you know, when you talk about really horrible
3: performance, what I think about is like, you know, Watford three, Liverpool, nil. No. Um, yeah. I, I don't think of, I don't think about like, like this perform. this is going to be a game that I will talk about on this podcast. And should we not go on to win the league this season? Um, Like, I will probably think about this as one of those games that was a turning point loss and then hope to forget about it if we go on and win the Champions League so that I don't care about what happens in the league. But, like, yeah, that's, like, I'm in no rush to remember this game as a particularly positive or negative, well, there's no positive from it, but as a, you know, as an overwhelmingly negative experience just yet.
2: Right. Let's move on to our second caller. Um, Nick Turner, G's on Toast, are you there?
5: Yes, yes, I'm here. Can you hear me?
2: We can hear you perfectly, my friend.
5: Thank you, brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah, cheers. Well, uh, you know, happy Christmas, everyone. Sorry, I'm a a little bit full of festive cheer right now, so um, bear with me. but yeah, I, I just wanted to run because it's it's a very disappointing game, and I thought that you know, there's been so many games over the past few years that we've done so well, and today was just it was just really disappointing. And after 60 minutes, you could almost, I mean, the narrative of the the game was told. Like I, I actually turned the game off after 60 minutes because I could see what was happening. It was like, you know, we dominated. We had a few chances. We hadn't missed penalty. I couldn't do anything, um, and then you know, less to get one chance and one goal, and, and then I just felt I felt I was I felt I was it, and um, it's just one of those games. But you know, I want to find the positives. Uh, sorry about the dog barking, my um, I want to focus on the positives and say I thought both Matip and Simicus were actually really good today, especially in the first half. And Matip had uh, quite a few shots, he went on a little one of his little adventures into the box, which almost could have could have, could have in in the goal. Uh, Simic was a constant threat down the left-hand side. So, yeah, uh, let's talk about the defence and see how good they were.
2: No, some great points there, and um, uh, Nick, we will definitely discuss them. Thank you so much for calling. Cheers thanking you but before we get to them justin the first thing i want to kind of ask you as well was um i was actually sat here and i was like uh, watching the game and these eight o'clock kickoffs. it was eight o'clock here um they kind of really um overtake me because i'm so busy with the day getting on with stuff and then before i know it i've got to get onto amazon prime watch the game and i was like oh my god i've actually not covered a game in a very long time the last game i covered was spares because obviously as we know our Boxing Day fixture against Leeds United was um, has been postponed. And we always cry about a winter break and all the congestion fixtures and stuff. But I feel, I don't know how you feel about this, but whilst I agree that players do need a rest, I feel like when we have a rest, it actually kind of backfires
3: Oh, it completely. So, I don't necessarily know that the rest backfires. I do think this though, and I, and I think that we've seen this enough at this point with Klopp. Um, we're usually really good in December. It's January where we fall off a cliff, but we're usually really good in December, and it's usually the time at which Klopp rotates the lineups the most. And is, is and it's been like you know a point in time where we have collected points. Like the season we won the league, we won it because of the fact that we put ourselves deep into the race in December, like just a dominant December. The season before where we got to ninety-seven points, we had City we had City by seven points in January because we didn't drop a single point in December and they got tired. We didn't have the opportunity to do that this month because of all the cancellations from COVID and then losing a few of our players to COVID. So we haven't really developed a rhythm. And that's why I think we were slow. We looked really good right after the international break at the beginning of at the beginning of uh the end of November, beginning of December. And then once the COVID cancellation started hitting in and there were multiple games a week, that's where we started to fall off. Because if you take a look, our performances against basically everybody up through Newcastle were very good from the return from, from Arsenal. And then and then we like then we fell off a cliff. Because even Wolves and Newcastle I mean sorry, Wolves and uh, Villa we created a ton of chances. We just had a lot of trouble. We just didn't finish as well as we needed to. But the performances and domination and chance creation were there. Today, And Spurs, we looked you know, slow and out of rhythm. Spurs, obviously, because of uh, the midfield we had to, to start in that game. And then today, for whatever reason, we just looked very poor um, in getting a rhythm. And I think it might have to do with just we don't have uh, the usual December uh, pace that we're used to
2: interesting and what about you Dave what's your take on all this because you know we always say oh players need the rest and I agree with that I do I do I do but every time like there's an international break or we have a little bit of a break look look a little tired
0: I, I'd have to agree yeah I'm sure it was last season when we didn't play for something like 13 days and I remember rubbing my hands and thinking oh this is it we're gonna have so much energy and we're going to blow teams away. And we came back and we looked so lethargic and slow. And that's what we look like here. I absolutely love the the Christmas period when when we get to play so many games. And I know the managers don't like it, but I love it. You know, you're never too far away from another game. So if you have a shit result, you you know, you can get your hopes up for the next match. But we just looked so sluggish today. And and uh, I don't know. I, I it is almost as if that rest <laughs> does bring in some lethargy, and and I don't know whatever the whatever the reasons for it. We were just really sluggish, and I thought um, Mane, such a huge fan of his, but I I think he just looks off it at the minute to me. Um, just everything about what he does, and I have to agree with Nick there. I think. Simicast down the left did look, you know, the business. I had him down. I thought, you know, Simicast cross in for a Jota header. That that was my uh, prediction before the match, but uh, it just didn't happen. So, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Can be a million and one reasons for it. At the end of the day, we did have the chances and and we just didn't finish them.
2: No, we didn't finish them. And um, Justin, we might as well touch on uh, the comments that. uh, Nick made there about the players that impressed him, and uh, you, you know your thoughts on on Costas uh, Timikas uh, today. I thought he was definitely I have to agree, and I think probably a majority of Liverpool supporters will agree as well. Probably uh, we had two probably good performers there, I say, and I thought Timikas, you know, certainly looked more lively than Trent. I thought Trent had quite a poor game by his very very high standards. Uh, Again, um, midfield wasn't doing much. We were heavily reliant on our full backs. Um, just the last little bit of quality that was missing.
3: I mean, it's it's we didn't finish, and I felt like this would have been a game where I I feel Klopp got the I think the the midfield to start the game didn't like it didn't work, but it didn't work for the reasons that people would. Want to you know originally think it wouldn't because until about this until actually Chamberlain comes off they didn't even effectively counter us really particularly well like the only counter attacking chance in the first half of any note was actually coming from Vardy just kind of shit housing Simicus as they were both going to the ground but then other than that like they didn't do anything as far as trying to get up the pitch in the first half um so I think that that starting midfield was hugely problematic. And I think where they did create chances, um, they, uh, they didn't, you know, they didn't do enough as far as actually penetrate as create, as far as creating any penetration to give the front three space to, you know, turn and finish. That said, the front three had opportunities that they missed. Um, I think it's a game where a lot of people didn't play well. I think Matip was good. I think Simicus was good. Um, Allison didn't have to do anything. And the one thing, and I think he was actually beaten a little too easily for the goal, um, Van Dyke made some of the worst passes I've seen. I I think I've ever seen him make today. Um, he seemed to be very much off it on the ball. And Trent just looked very jaded unless he was pinging a cross field ball. I mean, it was just Klopp said it in his uh, press conference afterwards. I saw so many performances below the level. He's right. There were a lot of individually bad performances. And it's a game where I don't think his system did, you know, let him down. I think it was just the individual players not doing their, you know, not doing their jobs let him down.
2: Mm. And speaking of Matip and Dave, I might as well come to you. I mean, what did you make of him? I mean, I he, I almost thought he his legs just took him that you know those few few yards closer to that wonder goal that we were all anticipating. But overall, I thought he had quite a solid defensive display. You know, putting in that crucial block for Vardy, he just seemed very very on it, very alert.
0: Yeah, he's the only one who who. Well, apart from Simicast, he's the only one for me who looked quite sharp, but also looked like he was really driving forward and and wanted to win the game. Um, that little slalom run in the first half, I was convinced. I was like, this is it. It's coming. We've got Bambi on ice. He's he's going to end up and he and just got away from him. Um, and he did make a few of those runs. And, uh, you know, if, if he could actually head the ball in the opposition penalty area, it would be one of the world's best defenders. But, um, no, I, th- I think he was great today. I mean, uh, it, if Matip is fit and playing, he's such a great asset for us. And, um, yeah, I think Justin made the point there about Van Dijk. I, I thought Matip outshone him by quite a way today. Um, just a, a tiny little question mark in Matip's role for the for the goal. But, you know, there's lots of people, um, I think, at fault there. Trent Henderson, both on yeah. that side. Who you choose to fault for that goal is just going to be
3: a point confirming who your confirmation bias is in the agenda. Yeah. Because yeah. there are five players who do terribly wrong things in that goal.
0: Yeah. Exactly, so I, I kind of. That's why I say uh, there's a bit of a question mark about Matic, but all of them, I, I think make. You can even say Allison
2: problems. could have done better as well.
0: I think because it goes that side of Van Dyke, you're kind of expecting him to get the block in there. Um, mm. So yeah, you're I, also I, expecting I, Van
3: Dyke yeah. to step up to the shot and maybe try to, you know, force Lookman to make a, a decision before he's comfortable. Like yeah. there's so many things you can point out there. Henderson jogging, Trent getting beaten too easily, Mottif getting completely done, Fabinho not reading any form of the danger as the defensive midfielder, which, by the way, if you're going to blame Jordan Henderson for all the situations within which his positioning is off as the sixth, you have to do the same thing with Fabinho here too. Because Lookman had a lot of the field to run into.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's just, it's one of those things that happens, isn't it, sometimes where it is attack versus defense. And then people just switch off a bit at the back. And and I think yeah. it was just that collective brain fart by all the players who were supposed to be defending the ball there. And it was a decent goal, to be fair. Uh, fucking had to be the Everton reject, didn't it? But um, I, I thought he we did well, but, you know, it was so preventable.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Right, guys, we're just going to take a short break. Um hope you enjoy the ads and we will be back
1: shortly. Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast, to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match... AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Molby and Sir Kenny Dalgleish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists. We'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms, with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com. To start your seven-day free trial now.
2: Welcome back to the Nina Kalsa show. It's just myself, Dave, and Justin. We're still a little calm, but we're still a little bit mad. I'm not going to lie. We'll be we'll be fine after the pod, and I'm sure you will be as well, guys. Let's kind of talk about some of the things that kind of really, really kind of um, stood out today. And. Um, Dave, I'll come to you. I mean, what did you make of that midfield? Because for me, it just was not creating anything. Um, it was a bit meh, to say the least. And um, another thing that kind of really—I mean, I've got no—I've uh, got no agendas. But one of the things that was really pissing me off in the first half, and I think maybe club had a word with him, was um, Henderson long-range shooting.
0: Oh God, he had three. Almost identical shots, and and I think he, he, the last one got closer, but it was no way quick enough. You know, I don't know what he was doing there. Um, and and the thing is, you know, if if it's in the last minute, you don't mind it so much. But I I just feel like that was that was a bit of a symptom of the whole sloppiness in the performance. It was like tonight, it was like they were trying to rush it. And another thing that I've seen tonight, which which is more than I've seen it from this team in a long time, is just players getting really agitated with each other. I saw Mane going nuts in the second half about, you know, um, I I think it was Simikas, you know, didn't cut it across properly. Or, Or no, it was Jota actually, didn't cut it across properly. Matic was going nuts at Bobby for uh, you know, not shouting that he's in a better position behind him. Basic things like that. I, I thought the midfield should have been enough. Um, it was a strange choice for me to go with Ox. You know what Ox is going to bring you. He's got that pace, that power, that great shot on him. But I thought for a game where you know Leicester are going to sit behind and try and hit you on the counter... I thought Kato was a much better choice. Now, obviously, you don't know what his fitness levels are. Can he?
5: Yeah. You know,
0: Is he in a position to be selected as a starting player? You have to go with Klopp for that. But it was a little bit of a surprise that he got the nod there. But, um, I mean, it should have been enough. But uh, I can't criticise the mid... Apart from the Henderson shooting, I can't criticise the midfield too much because we had all the ball we created the chances um you know we just we just didn't put them away and I, I thought um the interplay was good i thought simicast in in the first half in particular they seemed to get him away quite a lot down the left there mm. um but yeah i i don't know i i feel like in the first half at least the midfield did enough
2: for me, they just weren't creating enough, and that's where I felt like the heavy load kind of landed on the fullbacks. Justine, what about you? What did you make of the midfield and Henderson's shooting? Sorry,
5: can't hear you, Justine.
3: Can you hear me now? Yes we can. Yep. yeah, my phone my, my my headset went away for a second. So I missed that I mean we're talking about the midfield though, right?
2: Yeah, and Henderson's shooting.
3: Alright, if Henderson shoots one of those volleys again, I'm flying to England. If yell at him for twenty minutes and they can be back on a plane. Um stop that. He needs to stop that. I'm I'm a I'm a Jordan Henderson supporter, as this is sorta of, as this is known, where if he gets forward and he's playing those attacking positions, I think that's what he does best. And I think in recent times, there's been some evidence towards that. On the other hand, today, with his ability to try to just shoot volleys from distance, that's not a thing he should be trying regularly. Right? He scored one against Milan. That will probably be the only volley of any sort he will score this season. He should shoot and he gets into good positions, but he was not in good positions to shoot. That said, he was the only player on our team who actually looked like pulling the trigger and shooting. So, how do you solve that problem when you also have forwards who aren't, like, you know, actually taking good shooting positions?
2: No, I hear you. I hear you. And what do you make of uh, just the midfield setup in general? Because I think Dave made a really good point. When you see the team line up, I think loads of people don't grumble anymore. You're like, yeah, that's enough. That should get us over the finish line. And then obviously you see them perform. I mean, what did you make of them today?
3: I don't like that threesome. Because um, I think it just kind of, I think it puts Ox into doing things that he can't do or doesn't do well, which is kind of having to play the role as the ball carrier and possessor. Like, I think Ox does well if he's allowed to drive at as a, as a defense as the forward one of a three, which is also what Henderson does well, although he does a slightly difference where it's pressure and gobbling up second balls as the most advanced attack a midfielder of a three. What we were really missing was that connector the the role that Thiago has been playing. Yeah. Like which is why Fabinho and Thiago play so well. Play so well together. Now, Navi Cade is probably the other guy in the team who could play that role. And he played it really well against Leicester in the in the cup. But he came in today and he played that role for you know, about 40 minutes and he played it pretty terribly. Um, he also came in and added nothing. So I think it was a situation where it just wasn't, you know, necessarily about the system. I think it was just the personnel couldn't do what they needed to do as as a unit. Because I don't really particularly think that <clears throat> any one of the three of Fabinho, Henderson, or Ox was individually poor today. I just thought as a unit that it didn't work. It didn't seem particularly balanced.
2: Yeah. No, I think I think you both make some really really fair points and. um Justin, I'll stick with you because I'm a, this pod is a little bit everywhere, but it is the Nina Kaza show and this is how we do things. So, you know, Mo wins a penalty, rightly so. It's a penalty. I mean, I watched it on Amazon Prime. That's, I think, how majority of people watched it here. And, um, you know, the camera angle was absolutely awful. But he comes, steps up, and you pretty much are dead confident he's going to score that. And it wasn't the best penalty. I think you've lost your headset again, Justine.
3: Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking to Dave for a moment. Oh no, it's a clear penalty. It's, it's a very, very, very clear penalty. And it is a very, very shit penalty take. And the header is even worse, yes. but you would have expected him to score that, but he's going to miss one every so often. Right. Yeah. Like you gotta be tolerant to the fact that, you know, a player who scores so many goals for us and so many big goals for us is entitled to miss a chance here and there now it hurts more than it's a penalty and it's a penalty that really probably could have shifted the narrative of this game and if we score it early there we're probably not talking about a one nil loss we're probably talking about a three or four nil win yes but it didn't happen and that kind of sticks
2: yeah it does it really does and yeah i think you're right to highlight you know the the, the 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 bad the the bad miss and um you know he didn't have the best game but we're not going to stay here we're not going to blast him because he he did have a bad game but like he was probably due one i mean dave what did you make of the penalty miss i was like oh he's missed it it's okay we've got loads of time you know <laughs> you might as well address that wound right now um i was dead confident but like those chances that you kind of mentioned about salan jota and the penalty miss, um, you know, in the end, they just come back to bat you on the back side.
0: Yeah, and I seem to remember, I'm sure it was about this time last year, we were on with Sam Evans, and I, I was saying, I'm never quite that confident when Salah steps up, just something about the way he, he approaches the ball. And uh, Sam made a good point that, you know, he doesn't necessarily pass the eye test, but, you know, if you look at his stats, he, he generally finishes and. A lot more than he misses, um, but yeah, it was a pretty shocking penalty, to be honest. Schmeichel gets a bit of credit, obviously guesses the right way, but it's a perfect height for a goalkeeper. And the miss, you know, the follow-up just onto the bar. I think it was just it was just too high. You know, he, he was stretching his neck to try and um, uh, get it in there, but when it bounces off again, I'm thinking, oh, fucking hell!" Could this be one of those games? I mean, the form that Salah's been in, you'd back him all day for this one. And, um, yeah, it just about sums up the whole match, doesn't it, the way that went?
2: It really did. It really does. Um, Again, this podcast is a little bit everywhere. Um, Dave, I'll stick with you. Let's talk about... um, Perhaps the Jurgen Klopp subs, Uh, you know, he made them quite early, which is good. So players could actually maybe have an impact of some kind. And I think uh, Justin Ilu, you know, pretty much hit the nail on the head that Cater wasn't his effective self. And, um, And then bringing on, like, James Milner, I'm, like, thinking, oh, God, you know, like, is this the player you bring on?
0: Yeah, I mean... He's not. I'm sure there was a selective kind of sigh when you see James Milner. Now, he's been a brilliant servant for the club. But, Christ, when you're chasing the game, you you hope you've yeah. got a bit more than that. The, the, the frustrating thing is, I, I was, I'm was. i sure there were lots of fans like me sort of saying, right, come on, Cater can really make the difference here. And he comes on and he looks pretty shocking, to be honest, which is what makes me think, Maybe he is carrying a little injury or something, but I don't know. It was, it was more just his overall decision-making that just seemed to be off. And yet in the cup game, he he had an absolutely amazing second half. It it just didn't really work for him today. And then there was just that overall kind of apathy and panic in the team, you know, just lack of ideas in the final third that just seeped into everyone. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't think Milner particularly did any. He didn't do much wrong, but he didn't do anything that I think Jurgen was hoping that he'd do. You know, I think in the last few matches he has looked a little bit off. You know, considering his age, I, I think he's he's been fantastic. But uh, yeah, I thought he was pretty poor, and and I have to say, Bobby as well coming on for Henderson,
2: yeah,
0: I thought did pretty much nothing. Nothing yet. Make us look dangerous or so for all you know the praise we can heap on Klopp he, he made some good substitutions in the uh in the cup game you know he made them early you know at, at half time or whatever just nothing seems to come off for him today
2: no, it really didn't. And, uh, Justin, what did you make of Jurgen Klopp? So, it's the timing, the players. And I think, for me, the, the one that kind of baffled me the most was the James Milner one at the time. You know, with the amount of time that was left, we were chasing the game. And I just found it very, very um, strange. Maybe Fabinho is having a knock. I don't know. Was it precautionary? Or it's Fabinho. It uh,
3: it's, it's, it's B- if, if Fabinho picked up a yellow, he'd lose yeah. against Chelsea. So I think that that was probably factoring possibly into that decision.
2: That would make like sense.
3: He, yeah, I, I would think that that would be what factored into that decision. I mean, what you want from a manager when they're making substitutions is that they're, is that, when things aren't going right, is that the substitutions change the pattern of play rather than just getting consumed by it. And all three of the substitutions we made today just got consumed by the by the pattern of play rather than actually changing it. Um the one that he was probably hoping would change the pattern of play most was Keda, Cause Keda is probably our most direct midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Ox is pretty direct, but it's a different kind of directness where Ox is just looking to drive and probably just wallop one on his right foot. Or if he can just lay one off like, you know, short. Naby does have a bigger range of tricks that he can do when he's dribbling the ball, penetrating and able to pass and trying to play players in. But that wasn't on display today, right? We've seen it enough. Like, I'm not trying to sit here and say that navi is not a good footballer, because navi is a good footballer. But he just wasn't particularly good today. The Mil- Milner coming on made sense to me in the context of exactly what Klopp did with the substitution, which is just play him deepest as the six because he knows that all Leicester is going to try to do is counter us. On the same token, I don't understand why you would play a 35-year-old man in that position when you can just slide Jordan Henderson back, have him sit deeper, and maybe say, okay, Curtis, you're a bit more attacking, so you go at it. Because Curtis Jones, you know, that's a guy who can pop up with a goal or pop up with a decisive assist who's sitting on our bench. I understand that he hasn't played much. He's coming back from a long-term eye injury and COVID, right? But on the same token, he's fresh, he's available, he hasn't been running to the ground. And realistically, if you look at your bench, that's the player who's most likely to get you a goal other than Bobby, who you've already thrown on. So I think that... Klopp got the substitutions mostly right. Only I just wouldn't have turned to James Milner because um, I love James Milner, but as I str- I struggle to find the question that James Milner answers any further outside who's going to launch one of the opposition players into Z. Yeah, and when you're chasing a game, that's not what you need.
2: No, no, absolutely not. I mean, he's the kind of player that you bring on with like. Maybe like two minutes to go, and you're you're winning, you know, and you're you're trying to protect something. Oh, I, I had I... a
3: vision for how I wanted this to go today, which involves James Miller coming on in the second half and launching Hamza Chowdhury into the sun, but I just didn't get to see it. <laughs> yeah, oh, he got some
2: he? yeah, <laughs> Vardy or Vardy,
3: yeah, or Vardy. Just yeah, Chowdhury. Just cause I've never, I've never really gotten over that tackle of, of Mo from behind.
5: Yeah. It was very,
3: very dirty. and I and, and and you know I I've seen that he is he is the type of player who will lay a, you know, lay his studs in on you. So, but uh, you know I, sometimes you want to see that just uh, enforced within the game from a James Milner uh, you know hip check. But I didn't get to see that, and it made me very upset.
2: Maybe next time, Justin. Maybe next time. Oh, speaking of Vardy, I mean, did you see him trying to get a Matip sent off?
0: What a dick. Fucking, and then he's down, he's like, oh no, oh, it's it's my hamstring, it's my hamstring. If it's your fucking hamstring, you're not walking back on the pitch. But then he's like, oh no, no, it's all right. Fucking little cheating bastard.
3: Really don't like that guy. Very good footballer. Really don't like him.
2: Question for both of you. Who do we dislike more? Harry Kane or, or Jamie Vardy? Oh, that
0: is a tough one.
3: That is not a tough one for me, Harry Kane. <laughs> I, I, res- I respect Vardy. He actually has trophies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think Kane edges it for me, especially after that nonsense with Robertson. You know, oh yeah, I won the ball. Fuck off, you goofy twat. He 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 does edge it, but Vardy is he's a gnarly little fucker as well, but. In the same respect, you've got to, you've got to appreciate Actually, wait a minute. I'm
3: going to change my answer for a different... i, I got to change my answer for a reason. I did forget that Jamie Vardy did racially abuse people at a casino. And as such, you know, Harry Kane's distasteful. But I don't know that he's ever actually done an outward act of racism to people.
2: Vardy's just a pure scumbag, right? Mm.
3: That's basically what it comes to. Mm.
2: Right, guys, well, let us know who do you dislike the most. So there you go. I'm glad we settled that one. Yeah, I mean, what did you make of, uh, of those theatrics, uh, Justin?
3: I hate when players try to get other players sent off like that. Like, you know what, I, I recognize that gamesmanship is a portion of this, and you want to see, you know, you, you want to gain an advantage for your team. So you know you might do something like bite a guy, hoping hoping that the ref sees you getting punched by the other player and seeing if that gets you sent off. But um, you know, I don't like it. I don't like the entire concept of trying to get your of trying to get a player on the other team sent off. If, if someone's you know committed a horror tackle and you're telling the referee that that player needs to go, fine. But if you're going to trip over your own two feet, fake a hamstring injury, which I don't even know why you'd fake a hamstring injury because that's usually non contact. Wouldn't you want to fake a contact injury and then, you know, try to get a player sent off just to limp off to the sideline and come back on two seconds later. Like, that really sits very poorly with me.
2: Yeah. No, I'm I'm 100% with you. Um, I don't know what else to say, guys. I mean, is there anything you kind of want to talk about? Anything you want to get off your chest? Um, I've got one for you, actually. Um, what do you make of Leicester City
0: supporters? Fucking scumbags as well. <laughs> <laughs> There's they, a theme today. You know, it just, I've I kind of been indifferent, really, to Leicester. But, you know, I've just noticed more recently, and especially in the cup game, just mm. what nasty fuckers they are. And it's like, I, I don't understand it. Like, who are you? <laughs> you know, you won that league once in a freak fucking accident. And I, I don't know why they're such a nasty... Group of individuals, to be honest. So, yeah, I was really hoping we'd stick it to them tonight, but fucking, <laughs> that's probably karma um, coming back to me. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what the history is as to why they're suddenly uh, particularly vicious towards us. You know, singing about Hillsborough and stuff. But for me, they can go fuck themselves.
2: Here, here. And what about you, Justin?
3: I've got really nothing to add there, except I just don't think that, I mean, the only other thing I would add is that I think it's terrible to mock people for being, you know, poor and needing Mm -hmm. help eating. I've done a lot of work with food banks. I've advertised food banks on this show many times before. Yes. I think that food banks are a sad necessity of the modern world because they wouldn't exist if you actually had an economic system that could provide for everyone. But on the other hand, while they do exist, you know what you shouldn't do? Shame the people who actually need them. And singing that, uh, singing that, uh, you know, singing singing the song whose name I'm not even going to mention because it's dumb and offensive, is just not a thing that I can really get behind in a football game. Like that's where the tribalism gets really, really stupid. I don't know a ton of Leicester supporters. I know a few here in New York who are decent people who actually do work for food banks, and I'm pretty sure would condemn the kinds of chants going out of that stadium today. But the fact that so many of them are willing to actually chant that in unison leaves me with a really, really disgusted view of that particular football club support.
2: Absolutely. I could not agree more. I think it's absolutely vile. I mean, I didn't watch the League Cup, but I saw obviously a lot of them um, the 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 anger on, on social media and I was like, Oh gosh, you know, and you 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 know you're referring to that specific chance you know mocking people who you know who who can't eat and they're struggling to eat and it is disgusting and you know for them to just kind of carry on as well yeah they're just awful lowest of the low and um yeah you just started yourself as um tori so enjoy that one you know um guys anything you want to kind of discuss from the game that maybe a player or a, or a or a an event from the game. Um, it's nice that we're not actually talking about the referee for once, um, which is quite good. But anything you want to get off Actually,
3: I was all just right,
0: you... jump in with the referee there because <laughs> I thought he had a shocker, to be honest. I mean, he, he gave us the penalty, fair enough. He couldn't not do. But I thought he was hugely inconsistent. And all of the time-wasting and gamesmanship, he, he just seemed to be listening to the crowd and going with the crowd decisions. And when Vardy goes down holding his hamstring, why the fuck does he stop the game? Mm. When when has that become a thing where you stop the game because Vardy goes down with a fucking hamstring? I I thought the re- you know what the standard of refereeing in the, this country is shit. And He's the best all, one as well though. With the whole VAR thing, it becomes like American wrestling you sort of looking for these little things. And, you know, is the referee, is going to go to Vara or are Vara going to call him up or whatever? And it brings in that whole kind of uncertainty with it all. And I just, oh, I'm so done with referees in this country.
2: I think I'm just holding... Let me, let let me, add, one, from let me add one other... Go on.
3: One other thing. There were supposed to be five added minutes, of minimum of five added minutes played. He blew on 94 minutes and 54 seconds. Oh, cool. so he didn't even give the allotted five minutes of extra time, like counting pretty basic.
0: I, I How the clocks work? Played, I'm not excusing him, but I think we could have played till midnight and not scored. Oh yeah, we wouldn't have scored. It's, but but we, it, yeah, agree. Seems to be one of those things where the, the decisions go against us. And, and Nina, you were just saying about Tierney, you know, wouldn't give Jota a, a penalty against Spurs, and yet he's rushing. To give one for City
2: Mm. yeah exactly and I think that's probably I'm still scarred from that one so it wasn't as thingy as that like I felt like we were kind of robbed of some points there um you know don't get me wrong we could have done better as well but in this one I do feel like like you've just said there, Dave we could have played till midnight and we weren't scoring and I felt like I mean whilst we're kind of talking about this I thought we looked really good um i I thought you know like the stats that gags um shared on in the chat in discord here, you know we we looked like a decent team, we had all the ball. um i it to me, it just felt like a matter of time, like in the second half we'll we'll get our shit together. But what kind of I found really strange was our heads really dropped when they scored. And I felt like that really did take the pace out of the game, which was out of character for you know Liverpool. I mean, I'm struggling now because I'm not watching an awful lot of football this season. You guys all know this. And I'm kind of struggling the last time we went a goal behind and our, our attitude towards it.
0: It's one of the things that's defined Klopp's team, isn't it? That, you know, it doesn't matter if we go a goal behind. Because, we, you know, and it doesn't matter if someone makes a mistake. The team will just bail them out. They'll they'll go and score a goal and then that will nullify that mistake. Whereas I agree. I, I just think the the heads kind of went. They were starting to get crabby with each other. Mm. Um, they were rushing the play. They were launching it into the box from all angles. Um, after Jota got a, a bit of a roast roasting from Mane, he made a couple of shocking decisions trying to pass it through the eye of a needle through about eight Leicester players, and it was never mm. going to come off. And and it was just all that kind of rushed play, whereas, you know, for, for so long now, we've kind of got used to it, which, you know, probably not a bad thing to have a bit of a reality check. But, you know, you just get used to this team having it, you know, and, uh, having it under control. And, okay, they might not go and win, but, you know, they lose very rarely. They'll, they'll often go and get a goal back. But, yeah, there they did seem to be a little bit, just a little bit of a mentality problem, I think, tonight.
3: I would agree, but I also am going to take one exception to part of what you said, Nin, which is we went down a goal to Spurs and still beat them, you know, still 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 went up to a 2-1. I mean, granted, we surrendered okay. a, a draw uncle. goal.
2: A memory of a goal, season. I completely forgot we went. And then also, we <laughs> went
3: down. We went down a goal in seven minutes against Newcastle and beat them three one. So two of our last three, in all three of our last games, we've gone down a goal to start with. That's a okay. trend that probably needs to stop. We do need to score first. That's important for us. It allows us to play our game. So I would hope that Jurgen is trying to get us to focus on starting faster again because that's something that Liverpool does when they're playing very well. They score early on, they score often, and they suffocate teams to death. That hasn't been done in the last two of the last three games. Because against Newcastle, it's, it's Newcastle. Against Spurs, we played well in the first half. We just kept getting torn open by them, and there was a lot of other things that Paul Tierney conspired to do. Today, is the type of thing where if we started out on top of them. We should have had our early goal from the penalty. Mo misses, and then we basically just panicked. I think once Mo didn't score the penalty, we panicked. And I think we would be good to learn from that and not do it again.
2: Absolutely. And you know, um from what you just said there, I think it's time for this horse to retire. Literally I completely forgot that our last two games we were at gold down. Oh my god, Shoot, God, shame on me, shame on me. Right guys, anything else you wanna get off your chest about this game?
0: Just put it in the bin. Let's move on. Let's go and fuck over Chelsea and then we'll forget all about this game Nice,
2: yeah. I like that I think that's I think that's why we really look forward to a jam-packed um, Christmas, Christmas schedule, you know the fact that you can kind of move on from these games really quick as you said earlier on in the pod Dave um, What about you Justin, anything you want to get off your
3: chest? Uh, Chelsea is the final game I'll get to watch in my, thir- in my 30s so um, I hope we win it It's a day for my birthday so I would so like think- us to win it as a birthday present for me.
2: Yeah, no pressure, Reds. Make it happen. Right, yeah. guys, I think we've come to the end of the pod. I mean, I don't I don't really want to do a man of the match to you. Should we do one? I don't want to do one. Well, uh, we... Are you gonna go with Matthew? I,
3: uh, I don't want to award it to anybody. We lost. I'm not in the mood to sit there and say that anybody was enjoying. <laughs>
2: OK, well, you know what? If anyone is going to get man of the match, it's going to be Joel Matip. So there you go, guys. And, you know, his wonder goal is coming. Right, guys, we have come to the end of this show. Oh, closure at last. Um, a massive thank you for everyone that joined us live. A huge thank you to our callers, Kevin and Nick Turner, G's on toast. A massive thank you to these two excellent gents, Dave and Justin. But before I let you two go... Where can people find you on social media? And is there anything you'd like to plug? Dave, I will come to you first.
0: Thanks, Nina. Uh, You can get me at Seattle Dojos on Twitter. And you can also get me at the VHS Strikes Back, where we go and look at retro movies from the 80s and 90s. So coming out tomorrow, we've got When Harry Met Sally. So we've got a bit of a New Year's theme going on there. And uh, that was interesting to go back and watch
2: classic i love that movie uh what about you um justin where could people find you on social media and um is there anything you'd like to plug because i know you do yes. a lot of work
3: so you can find me at rolls on shabbos um you'll find it from the show notes i'm, I'm, I'm not spelling right now but um yeah the, the only thing i want to plug is basically um say, the same call i gave original time i'm on this uh you know if you want the best way to Shut up, Leicester fans. Um, donate donate some food to a local food bank.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely, guys. Um, right, well, this is the end of the Nina Kauzer show. Um, give these two guys a follow. They're excellent. And from everyone here, um, we hope you have a really, really good New Year. Put this result behind you. And um, take care. And till next time, up the reds.